It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. So here's a thing. Can developers please both boomers and millennials, the two generations don't always agree on what they want in a home? So you have a little test for me, don't you? (laughs) I'm laughing at that because I'm a baby boomer and I have millennial children. So yeah, I can see how they don't agree or they could agree. I think you have some millennial traits, though, I noticed in our talk (laughs) off air. So I want you to list some of these characteristics that some of these groups are looking for and let our listeners decide what category they think they belong in. Go ahead. Let's start off with traditional designs, such as fireplaces, crown moldings, space for hobbies and leisure activities, home offices, close proximity to parks, and exclusivity, sophistication, traditional markers, quality that include doormen, valet parking, private lounges, Limo services, driving ranges, fitness centers. Okay, all right. So what about the other group? Now, the other group, they lead with lifestyle, more centered around activity. They like diversity and inclusiveness. They prefer sleek designs that give them greater affordability to access major transportation. Indoor rock climbing. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we know now what the two different groups are. So when I read this before, I saw fireplaces, molding, space for hobbies and leisure activities. And I was like, yeah, I like that. For me, the valet is a little too much and elegant private lounges and and all of that. That kind of went a little bit beyond me. But when you got to the rock climbing, I I realized. (laughs) Well, that's where I pick up, Steve. I like the indoor rock climbing, the driving ranges, the inspired happy hours. That's what you particularly like that. I know that. Share car services. You don't need that. No, no. Okay. And workstation in common areas, like you're sitting in Starbucks or something like that. Right. Not so much. No. All right. So the question then is, how can developers serve both communities and what are they doing? You know, what kind of communities are they building in order to serve them? That is the big question. And I guess we're going to have to leave that for another time. So let's go to another topic, which is, is it legal? for a neighbor to point a camera at my front door. Wow. Yes. (laughs) And it also just depends. Unless they're misusing the video being recorded, it's not illegal for them to have a camera at their front door for security purposes. You know, they can't help it if you're across the hall and their camera is capturing your door. So it's all about what the intent is Mm -hmm. of the use of that camera. Are they really trying to spy on you? Is it, you know, a peeping Tom camera looking through doors, into bathrooms, that sort of thing? I guess if you have a camera, let's say at your front door or over your garage, and it's looking down at your driveway and it happens to capture the front door of a person across the street, that's not going to be an issue. That's right. Yeah. But if it's the camera that's pointing into one of your bathrooms or something (laughs) like that, that's an issue. And it's a hidden camera. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So property owners have the right to place cameras in and around their homes for security reasons, but it should not be used to record neighbors or anyone where they have a reasonable expectation of privacy, like their house, changing room or any place, maybe their backyard or something. (laughs) You can't do that. All right. Well, that's good. All right. So we have a few minutes left. I want to talk about 
what it takes uh, if you're thinking about becoming a landlord. You know, there's a lot of people out there who have accumulated some money and they've got a lot of money in the stock market and they're thinking, you know, I would like to diversify my holdings. I think I would like to own some income producing real estate. So Terry, what are some of the positives and the negatives in that? Sure. Well, first of all, positives, if you're going to start this, is you have to have a strategy. And the positive part to it is you're really looking for cash flow. So price isn't that important because it's price relative to the amount that you can get for rent. That's right. It's all about the yield. You know, how much you're going to get, how much is your return? Right. So you shouldn't really pay attention to the price. And there's so many variables, Steve. You know, are you paying cash for the property? Are you getting a mortgage for the property? All of that needs to be factored in. And a lot of people don't even realize, you know, how to calculate rate of return. You have to factor in all your expenses, your property taxes, your improvements that need to be done. You have to have a pot aside for replacing appliances, what we call a depreciation fund, because, you know, as time goes on, the roof eventually will need replacing, and that's going to be one really large outlay. So theoretically, you should be saving for that a little bit every year and put that aside. That's right. And anticipate vacancies. You know, yeah, it, yeah. when the tenant leaves, it may take a month, six weeks, two months to get it re-rented. So exactly. that needs to be factored in. So many people come into my office and they have real estate of this nature and it's just has not been successful for them. And they tell me that they're breaking even. That's that's kind of it. Now, look, if real estate had proved itself to be a long-term growth investment, you know, you may say, well, if you break even, that's fine. But real estate really isn't, especially residential real estate. It grows at the rate of inflation, net, net, net. So, you know, to keep pace with inflation and to break even on the cash flow, that dog won't hunt. Yeah. And what's really important, it is a long-term investment. That's It's not a short-term gain. Yeah. If you're going to take out a mortgage, do a 15-year mortgage. So at the end of 15 years, now you have a cash cow. Yeah. So now, now you've lowered your internal expenses. And therefore, you have excess cash flow, and that can take you into retirement with some benefit, right? Right. So you don't want to start this at 90. You need to start it when you're younger and you can afford the investment. A 15-year mortgage, you got to put 20% down as a minimum. Yeah. I wouldn't tell you to take a 15-year mortgage out. That's good advice. Good advice from Terry Story. As always, we are in our real estate segment, and Terry can be found at terrystory.com. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve.